When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi healers, it's Allison here. So I want to tell you a little bit more about how Taylor and I got started with our podcast and the platform we've been using, which is Anchor, has been so user-friendly and so amazing. I just want to tell anyone else out there that is thinking about starting a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. First of all, it's completely free. So hello. Second of all, there's so many creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. It's crazy. I'm recording this right from my phone and it literally just looks like the record button on your videos or your Instagram. So it really is such a user-friendly platform. And the coolest thing is, is you can add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes too. And the possibilities are seriously endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never even seen before. Anchor also distributes your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many other platforms. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And like I said, it's so user-friendly. I recommend Anchor. Go to anchor.fm to get started or the Anchor app. See you later, healers. Hi, I'm Allison. And I'm Taylor. And together, we're the Anxiety Chicks. Each week, we will dive deep into a different topic about anxiety and the real-life experiences we all go through, while giving you all the top tools and tips you need for your journey to recovery. Our degrees may say therapist and dietitian, but together we are just real chicks on our own healing journeys too. Join us as we take you from panic to power and reduce the stigma of mental health. Remember, you're never alone and we're all in this together. Hi, healers. Allison here. So I want to talk to you all a little bit about one of our new sponsors, BetterHelp. I'm so excited to tell you about this online counseling platform because as a licensed therapist, I'm a huge advocate of mental health awareness and truly believe in providing affordable counseling services to anyone, anywhere. Let's face it, there's so many areas in the United States and around the world that can make it so difficult to find affordable counseling. And especially if you live in a more rural area, it can be really hard to find a counselor, which is why I love this online platform. BetterHelp is an online mental health healing platform that provides online counseling and matches you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's a professional counseling service done securely online and is available worldwide. What's even better is that there are a number of different licensed counselors who specialize in all different areas of mental health. BetterHelp makes it so easy to log onto your account at any time and contact your therapist directly. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses and can schedule as many weekly video or phone sessions as you would like. 
As a therapist, I know that it's not always possible to find the right therapist for your needs, especially the very first time. So BetterHelp has actually made it so easy to facilitate great therapeutic matches. And if you don't find a connection with your first counselor, there's absolutely no charge to change counselors if you ever need to. How amazing is that? And if you find that you're struggling financially, they also have financial aid available. So we have a special offer for all Anxiety Chick listeners today. Sign up now and receive 10% off your first month. Just visit betterhelp.com slash the anxiety chicks. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P slash the anxiety chicks and join over 50. 500,000 people who are taking charge of healing their mental health with an experienced counselor today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to episode six of the Anxiety Chicks podcast. I am Allison Sepinera. And I'm Taylor. And we hope you all enjoyed our last episode with Maribel um, talking all about yoga and how it's helpful for anxiety was personally one of my favorites because it gave me so much more insight into why anxiety is so helpful, why yoga is so helpful for anxiety, and how breath work is so important. And it actually made me practice more this week after I talked to her. So I was very happy about that. (laughs) I love that. And before we get into today's episode, um, even right now, I'm feeling a bit anxious because all day I've been thinking about the topic that we'll be talking about, which is health anxiety. And this is the probably the biggest thing I went through with anxiety besides panic disorder. And so sometimes like talking about like the things I went through and just like experience can bring up some of the feelings a little bit for me sometimes. So if you feel triggered at any point or if health anxiety talk triggers you in general, just maybe this episode isn't for you. Um, But I promise we're going to provide a lot of insightful information about it and um, we hope to not make it triggering to any of you guys. So we love having the support from you guys and the feedback, Allison, has been amazing. So if you have not checked out any of our previous episodes, go do it because yesterday I got a message. I don't know if you saw this one, Allison, but someone said, I think they tagged us. No, no, no. This was a different one. Um, But she was like, I was literally crying when I heard your story about the nurse who said he became a nurse because he used to sit outside in his car uh, of the ER because he was having such bad panic attacks. And now like he uses his story. So basically he had health anxiety too. So go check out that episode. I can't remember which one it is, but they're all great. So yes, yes. no, the feedback's been so awesome. Thank you guys so much. The, the um, reviews that we get on iTunes is what really helps us with yes. the podcast and kind of gets our words out there and our name out there um, to, so we can raise as much awareness about mental health and anxiety as possible. So please keep them coming. Um, you can go to iTunes and just leave us a review. That would be awesome. Thank you so much. But yeah, like Taylor said, today's episode is going to be pretty deep. Um, could be triggering for some of you. So again, this might not be for you, but um, we're going to talk pretty candidly about our own experience with health anxiety because that's also something that I have struggled with um, in a lot of my life. So um, now I I do want to start by saying health anxiety is kind of like, I want to say buzzwords right now, as far as when someone starts thinking about how their anxiety is related to the way they physically feel and when they have physical symptoms and kind of what goes into what 
why anxiety is presented in a way where health is so scary, our health is so scary for us. Um, it is in the DSM, which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It's called Illness Anxiety Disorder. Um, so some of you might have not been aware of it. It used to be called hypochondria or hypochondriosis or one of those. Um, but I think for just for this episode, I'm going to say health anxiety for the most part. Yeah. Um, so why don't we start, Taylor? Would you mind kind of starting off with your story of health anxiety? Oh my gosh. Okay. So guys, I am not kidding you right now. My hands are really sweaty. Like <laughs> my heart's racing a little bit too. Um, my story started back, um, I was going to be a junior in my undergrad, I believe. And I was always a daredevil growing up. Um, I never really worried about anything. And trust me, I have gone back and <laughs> replayed my whole life when, because I remember when I got hit with panic disorder, I was just like, how did this happen? And like thinking back my whole life, I mean, there were signs of like m minimal like anxiousness, but nothing of like ever worrying about my health, ever worrying about my parents' health. Um, yeah, I just never thought of that stuff. I don't know about you, but like growing up, I never... I remember uh, in third grade, so I do remember this moment, and I think it could have played into my future uh, coming into contact with health anxiety is I had a physical I had to pass for, uh, you know, just like uh, middle school athletics or something. And uh, the doctor listened to my heart and she was just like, uh, we kind of want to run extra tests. And I remember like, I didn't think anything of it at that age. Like I did not care about like, wow. you know, and but yeah. I remember my, I, I vividly remember my mom's face of fear. Like she was like, what do you mean? Like, I remember her asking the doctor. And then I remember going downtown, getting a few tests done on my heart. And like, I had just some palpitations that they said were uh, completely fine, but it was, and there, and they are, there are uh, heart palpitations, PVCs and PACs, which can be completely healthy in a structurally normal heart. So you can live your whole life having them and it's perfectly fine, though they feel so freaking scary. So if yeah. you're listening and you have those heart palpitations, they are the scariest feeling in the world. You think you're about to drop dead. Trust me, I get it. Um, yeah, I uh, they're, they're fine in a structurally normal heart. And that was something that was I'll talk about later, but it was so hard for my health anxiety to wrap my head around is that that is okay. Anyways, back then I'd never even focused on them, so I didn't feel them. But yeah. basically, they were triggered when I would drink, uh, you know, as a kid, soda. Mm -hmm. So basically, I cut out soda as a kid, and I never felt them my whole life. I played sports my whole life, nothing. Never feared it. Never thought anything of it. I do remember in basketball, though, growing up, I used to like do this thing where I would like uh, rub my chest a little bit, but it wasn't like because I was rubbing my heart. It was like my uh, uniform was itchy, and my mom used to look at me and be like, "Are you okay?" So like she was always anxious okay. about my health. That was going to be my question because yeah. the first thing you said about when you were at the doctor is your mom's response to that. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. what's going on? Oh, my gosh. I don't think in the moment I was like in my head like this is going to affect me later on in life. And I don't know if that did. You know, it's hard to put no. those together like, and to ever know. Yeah. Right. So – I think also I, if y'all don't know, I'm a dietitian, And so I was in, I took 27 hours of just like science and it was just like biochemistry, human physiology, uh, anatomy, diving into literally every human function, like 
finding out all it takes just for one heartbeat, guys, is just, it's mind blowing to me. And then on top of that, I was on a extremely high dose of an ADHD medicine, which like had me super hyper-focused and I was studying 24-7, not taking care of my health. And I think one day I woke up from this like just realization that I wasn't healthy. I was abusing my body with like medication. Um, I was abusing my body by not eating right. Uh, I just wasn't – as healthy as I thought I was, I wasn't. And I think I just randomly woke up one day and this panic, this wave of panic just hit me. And I'm not kidding. I went from – one day being perfectly fine to waking up the next day. It, actually, it wasn't the next day. I remember this day vividly. It was my friend's 21st birthday. Um, we had dinner plans that night and I had school and then I went and I went running with my friend. And during my run, I felt kind of lightheaded, but I didn't think anything of it. Stopped running, went and showered, got ready, went to her party, felt fine, came home from that party and had just a a panic attack. I didn't know then what it was, but I thought I was dying. Um, I didn't do anything about it because I was like, I didn't know what it was. And I didn't really fear dying at that moment. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was just kind of like, what is going on? And so I went to bed, woke up the next day and was just like, whoa, that was weird. And I didn't think anything of it. And then I like started my day. Then I was like really off balance. And I was just like, yeah. Can I ask you a question? Did yeah. you know it was a panic attack at that moment or not? Absolutely not. You didn't I'm know what has happening. Okay. Okay. Back then, that was a uh, four, five, five years ago or so. Um, back then, I didn't know what anxiety was. Okay. Like I didn't even know what health anxiety was. I didn't know what panic disorder was. Right. I thought it was like, like I remember my brother went through some of it, and I used to think like, oh, he's so weird. Like I remember saying that. Like I, I used yeah. to like laugh at no, him. And you don't know. I mean, you don't know. I'm like, why is he so panicked? Right. Like, come on, like just live. You know, like I'm guilty of that. So, uh, yeah, didn't know that was a panic attack. Like, didn't even think anything of that. I actually was like, I hurt my body. Like, oh, oh, here, let me get into like the next day. So the next day, I'm like, I go and I sit on my balcony and I just feel numb. Like I have three other roommates. I don't tell anyone what's going on. I don't tell my mom. I don't. I'm. I was dating my. Uh, fiance then too. I don't even tell him because I'm just like, what is this? Like, it's right. a really hard thing to explain. And you're not going to just feel that way. And if you have no education, and I think this is where, and I'm sure you'll agree with me, the school system fails is we should be prepared for that. Like not prepared to have a panic attack, but be prepared for the warning signs. And I wasn't, I truly wasn't. And so um, I was on the balcony and I was just looking out and I was like, I went and I just like, or no, I think I threw up the night before, like just out of like, you know, like that uh, instant, like, I didn't yeah. even know why I threw up. And no, I remember no. I saw red in my throw up and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm internally bleeding and dying. And so that was my first oh. ever fear. So it actually, guys, it wasn't blood. It was a tomato um, that I had in my dinner, uh, but I manifested this whole thing of I'm dying. Right. Yeah. It started then. And so I remember sitting on my balcony like, how am I going to tell my parents I'm dying? How am I going to tell everyone I'm not okay? Like I've hurt my body. I haven't ate properly. And this was back when I had like very disordered eating. I wasn't – I was all about body image, running six miles a day uh, and not replenishing, not hydrated, taking a high dose of ADHD medication, just like everything you – not sleeping, everything you could do to like basically – hurt yourself. And then yeah. it hit me that I was doing that. It's like, I didn't realize that whole time that was bad for me. And then like one day I just woke up like, oh my gosh. 
Was your was that panic attack kind of the catalyst of your health anxiety as far as that happened once and now like every kind of sensation you would get in your body then you would that would just spur something on as far as um that day nothing was ever normal again. Yeah, okay. Like I'm I'm not I'm not kidding. That was the beginning of what I thought was and I guys, when I say I'm I'm I've gone I'm going on like I think almost four years without a panic attack. Back then, I never thought there would be another day that would be normal or would I would be able to even function. And I'm not kidding from then. So then I was in this, like, just, I was, uh, I started living my life as if it was my last day. I don't know how to explain that, but I was just so overly kind to everyone. I was calling my mom. I was saying like, mom, I just love you so much. Like I miss you. I was never calling her before that. I was just like living my best college life. I was just so full of compassion because I had so much fear that I never told anyone yet. So at this point I hadn't told anyone. So then my parents come to visit and, um, I'm talking to them and my mom's like, something just seems wrong with you. And I break down and I'm like, mom, I think I've hurt myself. Like, I think I hurt my heart. Like I, this was like the health anxiety. My health anxiety was like, you have something wrong with your heart because you've taken this medicine, this ADHD medicine that has stimulated you. Uh, You have a severe issue um, and you're going to die. Like I, I truly thought that. And well, that was probably- Sorry, oh, I just no. I want to say that's probably also the first time that you recognized all these like physiological symptoms that were happening to you that basically came out of like nowhere, right? Yeah, they they came and out they of somewhere, but in that moment you just couldn't yeah. identify it. But you guys, those physical symptoms we feel with anxiety are very real, which is why so real. It's so hard when you struggle with health anxiety because the physical symptoms associated with the thoughts that we have and when our sympathetic nervous system is activated, like they're very real. And sometimes those physical symptoms, they do mimic some types of symptoms that are related to other illnesses, but it doesn't necessarily mean like cause and effect, like, right. So that's why it's scary for someone with health anxiety when we have physical symptoms, because then our brain just starts spiraling. And so that's what sounds like it was going on with you. Like, Oh yeah. I, uh, after that, just I, I would say I wasn't the same. I was numb. I wasn't going to class. I luckily completely stopped that medication. And I thought, I remember having this like, oh, it's just the stimulant. Like once I stop that, I'll be okay. And then I stopped it. I had a happy day. And then the next day, the panic attacks were still there. And I was like, what is going on? Like, I remember just like, and these freakouts, guys, like, derealization, depersonalization, feeling like you're walking on a boat. Your heart, feeling every single heartbeat, um, just not feeling like your body is your own, wanting to escape. I don't know how to, I wish I could explain the feeling, but it's like a feeling of like warmness going from the top of your head to the toes of your feet, but almost being cold. That's when I would feel this like feeling coming on. And then the just feeling like your body wasn't your own. And then I just had the most intrusive thoughts start from there. Um, I remember being in the back of a Uber and I was looking, guys, this is, this is crazy. I thought it was looking like thinking back. I didn't realize how irrational I was in that moment. Um, and which I is why I love journaling so much is because you can go back and when you're in a more rational state, like after a panic attack, you can read, wow, like look at, cause you don't remember. 
it's almost like you black out. Do you agree? 100. Well, that's what I was just going to say, because what's what's happening in our in our bodies when we experience a panic attack is very traumatic. And so when you think of trauma, I mean, sometimes people just hear the word trauma and they automatically think like sexual abuse or some type of abuse or neglect or something. And yes, that is very traumatic. But there are lots of experiences in life that are very traumatic um, in nature that people don't necessarily talk about that. Um, for example, like childbirth for women is very traumatic. It's a it's a beautiful thing to go through, but it's it's a lot of trauma on the mind and the body for a woman. Um, and panic attacks are also very traumatic. And that experience that you just told me, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I wish I was there to help you. I wish, you know, I, oh, and that's and the thing. I'm sure you no think yourself, even, I wish you could. Oh, no one even knew around me what to do. That's the other thing. And like, I didn't know anyone. I had no friends or anyone that I knew had a, who had a panic attack. I didn't know a soul who struggled with panic attacks. Yeah. And so what essentially happens is when you experience something traumatic, some the way our brain sort of protects us from, from how like the horrific nature of what's happening in that moment is we disassociate. And essentially what that means yeah. is you kind of feel like you're not in real time. You you are outside your body because you need to feel protected from whatever's happening in that moment. It's like your brain's yeah. way of just shutting down so you can survive that moment. And so that's why a lot of people do black out or they do forget a lot of um, like the memories are blacked out of a lot of different traumas, whether it's assaults or yeah. different things like that, because that's how powerful our brain is. Like they know we're in the middle of something that is so scary to us that we might not be able to handle if we stay with the feeling of it in that moment. So we literally have to disassociate. Oh, I, I for sure believe in that. And like looking back and learning all that I've learned. So when you're, I didn't know this back then, but your five senses get so um, escalated when you're in a panic. So taste, touch, feel, uh, what it, smell and hear those all rise because it's like you're in uh, the back in the day when you were literally running from your like predator. That's that's what we act like when we're in a panic attack. So you might wonder why you feel your heartbeat is because you're hearing and your senses and everything. It becomes uh, what what's the word escalated? I guess is the word. Um, but. I remember my vision would get weird and it's because you're so focused. Um, my hearing would get, I would hear everything. My, uh, just, I remember like the Uber story, looking out the Uber and seeing clouds, they looked too low to me. And in my oh, mind, I was like, the world is ending. Like, isn't that weird? Yeah. No, it's so crazy. It, I, in that moment, I, it was so real to me. And that's how irrational my thoughts were. It was just like, I worried every single day about my parents dying. I never worried about that. I was just so worried about it being everyone's last day. I didn't think I was going to make it to holidays. I, God, it was, if you struggle so, with health anxiety, I mean, I feel for you. I know. I know. And I, I think it's, I mean, honestly, you guys, this is probably our most requested topic that we get from our our Instagram 
healers. And so this is not going to be the last episode we have on this topic, just to let you know. Um, so if you have any other kind of specific things you want to talk about with health anxiety, please feel free to DM us. Um, but I do have a question. Do you feel like now, I guess, where where are you now with your health anxiety? And also, is there a certain physical symptom that still happens for you? Or was there one back then that automatically made you like jump from zero to 10 feeling like you're, you're going to die. Was there like, okay, I'll start with that question. So now I don't have any symptoms. I don't have PVCs. I don't have PACs. If I do, I'm not aware of them. I do not feel them. I used to feel every single heartbeat. Like I'm not kidding. That was the one thing I obsessed over was my heart checking my heart rate all day long. Guys, I would have a log of my blood pressure. Every single morning I'd wake up, I'd put my blood pressure cuff on. I would take my blood pressure and I would write it down in a list. Then I would put my pulse ox on and make sure I would go on walks with my pulse ox. (laughs) Yeah. So I I know. And it, and it was so, you know what? My, my fiance has to be a saint. Like how in the world did he put up with that? Like thinking back to that, it was just like the things I did were, but I, but in my head, I truly, truly thought something was wrong with me and no one else could listen. I felt like no one was listening to me. Doctors were missing it. Um, my parents were sick of me at this point. Uh, the symptoms I had were, uh, palpitations, heart racing for no rhyme or reason. I could like see weird heartbeats in my neck, um, I couldn't sleep, severe insomnia, because I feared when I would go – this is another one, another irrational thought. I feared when I would go to sleep that my body wouldn't know how to breathe and my heart wouldn't know how to beat. Like I had to be in control. And I felt like going to sleep was losing control. It was just like – like I would literally stay up until I passed out. Um, Yeah. I was off balance like – and I couldn't find anything on Google about off balance, being on a boat. So I swore I was having a stroke. I went to the ER for that on my fiance's birthday. Uh, I embarrassed myself in front of his whole family. I got a CT scan. Perfectly fine. Nothing was wrong with me. Um, But I thought they were missing something. So I was uh, trying to get an MRI and my parents were like, nope, we're done. I couldn't get over the... uh the thoughts from when I was a kid, like the the people's faces. Those triggered really? me. Yeah, I would be like, I would be like, uh, what was that? Like, I remember obsessing over asking my mom, like, what exactly was that? Why did no one ever do any extra testing my whole life? Like, I was so obsessed with like, okay, I felt like everyone my whole life forgot something. So that is, I, I just love when we talk about these things because like my experience with health anxiety is so different. It is... Like the reason why I, and I will say it probably didn't start affecting me either until I was like in like twenties, like early twenties, probably like mid twenties, mid to late twenties. Um, because when I was growing up and something physically happened to me, I was always fine. Everything was fine. Nothing was wrong. So like, and and thank God, I mean, I'm so grateful that and thankful that nothing really ever serious happened to me because, you know, as we talk about this stuff, there might be some of you listening that you've had something, some really traumatic things happen to you, whether you get in, you've gotten to an accident or something has happened physically to you. And so, again, that's trauma and that can be something related to, to your health anxiety too. But um, 
for me on the other end, if any one of you can kind of relate to this, I was just always told I was fine. You know, like I had a stomach ache, like really severely all the time. I was fine. I would go to doctors, right? And as a kid, I didn't really know how to advocate for myself. I was just kind of- Wait, 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 wait. That's crazy. So do you know that when I used to always get hurt or something, my dad would look at me and, and be like, you're fine. Even though one time my my hand was literally broken, he was like, you're fine, you're fine. Oh, like, interesting. They Like even if I cried as a kid, yeah. it was almost like- you're fine. Like, is any is something hurting you? I like wasn't really allowed to cry unless like it was weird. I'm sure that's exactly what you're saying. Well, like, it's like everyone just was like, "You're fine." Totally. It was very yeah. invalidating, and I'm not saying that. I mean, please, my parents were so nurturing, and they. I mean, oh, same. same I mean, same. so loving and tried whenever yes. when I was crying, they would come over and hug me and and you know nurture me. But when it was something like physical. It's almost like they weren't able to go to a place where if something was wrong with me physically, like something was medically really wrong with me, like if they wouldn't be able to handle it. Yes. No, 100. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Crazy. We need to like survey everyone's parents who follows us and like maybe we'll have like some, yeah, like they couldn't handle anything being wrong with me. So sometimes they almost just wanted to like cover up their eyes and be like, Nothing is happening right. to you. You're fine because it was like their fear. Right. Exactly. Like it yes. was like you were fine because you had to be fine. Like yes. Nothing, because, like, yeah. Because as a parent, obviously yes. with children, that is probably the worst thing that could ever happen I'm to sure. someone in their life sure. is to have their child, something really happen to their child and their child not be able to be, to grow up. So yeah, I think it's, and again, I've talked about how my family has anxiety. Like I know, I know now because yeah. from what I've gone through with my treat, my own treatment, that I think that's kind of what it relates to. But also I remember thinking as I got into my twenties, there was just something about my, you know, I, I loved my childhood. I really had nice friends I had, except for the bullying stuff, which you guys have heard before. But for the most part, my family was so supportive. I loved, I had a sister who we were like played together all the time. And I've really just felt so thankful for growing up in a supportive household and loving household. But There was something about, and I don't think this was really my family dynamic. I think it's really something just innate about my personality. Like I'm an empath. Like I really feel other people's feelings. I really like, really feel like the essence of life. And I love life that when I started coming, and I know that you're in your kind of mid-20s now, so I don't want to alarm you or anyone listening, because this is my own experience, not saying everybody's, but as I got further into like be become 30 and and closer to that, I kind of started becoming more aware of my own mortality. And so that, uh, that happened to me when I was when I first had my first panic oh, attack. Okay. That and and that that is what sent me into oh, a yeah. spin of, of Oh yeah. My I started uh I started having thoughts about death that I never had. Mm-hmm. And just and my anxiety and depression was never wanting to die. I never really experienced no. that. No, um, I was the opposite. Mine I was, was like, like fear I love my of, life. severe fear of dying, severe. And and uh, for anyone listening, this is this is a huge thing uh, to take away from this is how many of you guys have literally focused so much on just like being so sad about your parents dying or like so sad of the thought of dying that like you are not living the happy moment right in front of you. Oh my gosh, totally. It's like, I'll go over to my parents on a Sunday and it's like, I'm not there. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I also had this 
point, I hit this point in life when I started getting my first panic attacks was that I was never present for so long. And I felt almost like I, I had to make up for lost time yeah. because I was so focused on superficial things that did not matter that I never was nice to my parents. I never, I was like a, I was a little brat. Oh my I was gosh. A bratty so was I. Teen. I was so mean to my adorable, sweet, kind mom. Me I too. had so much sadness for how I had treated them and how I, I mean, I would tell them I hated them when I was growing up. And I know looking back, they just wanted the best for me. I mean, you know, a teenager doesn't say that once in a while <laughs> and, but obviously doesn't mean it. Right. But I, I mean, the fact is though, you have to remember as children and as an adolescence and teenagers, you still, your brain is not even fully developed till you're like right. 26 years old. So you're still trying to learn the language about how you feel and what your emotions are. So like as a teenager, I remember saying that, like, I hate you or saying the mean things, but it really underneath, I was so scared and so worried and sad about things. I just didn't know what language to use. And it came out as anger sometimes and you take it out sometimes on the people you love the most. And I know that stinks, but Uh, yeah, you do. And so my mom was always my punching bag. Yeah. And she loves you more than ever, right? And she does. I, and that's why it was easiest to for her to be the punching bag when you do get bullied at school or, I mean, the undiagnosed anxiety and perfectionist I had my whole life. Yeah. I think you probably feel the same. Like I would just get so down and hard on myself. I was a very uh, emotional teenager. I don't know about you. Oh my gosh. I mean, emotion. I'm just emotional. Every part of my body's emotions. <laughs> like, I, and everyone used to say that to me. I mean, they still do. Like, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I am the worst yes. liar. I, you know, oh, yes, yes. Everybody yes. who knows me and follows me, I mean, you can't, you ask me how I'm doing. And if one <laughs> thing is going on, honestly, if I am a little bit anxious or there's something I'm really sad about or something's happening, someone will say like, hi, how are you? And I'll either like start crying and be like, it could be like the guy at the grocery store. And I'll be like, sorry, I'm having a bad day. Like I can't, I don't hold things in well, but yeah, yeah I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And sometimes, you know, it's it's a good thing because you can at least like identify with what you're feeling, but then sometimes you're just like, come on, can you reel yourself in a little bit? <laughs> like I say that to myself sometimes. But uh, that that is that is me. I mean, I see a lot of my a lot of myself in you, and I know we've had this talk before, but um, and I'm sure a lot of people who deal with like panic disorder and health anxiety, I'm sure if we all got together, we'd all be like probably little minions of each other. I'm just I'm just assuming that. Uh, but a lot of questions I get, and I know you asked me a question before this whole, uh, interruption happened with our mics, but, um, I wanted to just go through a lot of the symptoms I had, if that's all right with you, because I get so many messages and I know you do too. So many messages like, Hey, have you ever felt this before? And I always want to preface with, uh, once you like go to the doctor, get checked out, do that one physical exam. Listen, I was sweating bullets. My blood pressure was through the roof. Uh, and my heart was racing when I went for that first doctor exam. Trust me, I wanted to like just black out on the floor in that waiting room. Uh, but I did it and I'm glad I did it. And I actually, and I don't know about you, but when I first started having the panic attacks and health anxiety, I avoided the doctor. I was yeah. scared of the doctor. And then this crazy thing happened. So I actually had this one friend who was dealing with heart problems, um, 
Turns out it was just stress. But she went to the doctor, and this was what I was avoiding the doctor. Her EKG machine messed up. They diagnosed her with oh a my- heart block. Oh my gosh. And so she's calling me, telling me about her diagnosis. And we had like the same oh symptoms. And so this was before I went to the doctor. So I call my mom after my friend tells me her diagnosis. I call my mom and I go, mom, I have a heart block. And I'm like, I'm panicked. I remember this moment in my room. I am. I lost it no. when she told me that. So she goes back to her doctor. They go, our 12 lead messed up. Oh my gosh. Could you imagine? She was fine. Guys. She had nothing wrong, but that moment, guys, actually pushed me to go to the doctor for the first time. Good for you. So it's like, it's kind of crazy how life happens. No, totally. And I agree with you. Like anyone listening to this, always go get checked out by your doctor. Feeling some type of physical symptom. Again, the best thing you can do is to not assume anything. I know it's hard not to let your mind just like wander and completely make make up scenarios of what could be happening and uh, yeah. that is so much about our fear of really what the what could be what could be wrong but going to a doctor is is really the first step of anything physical happening like you just want to make sure you rule things out yeah and here's the thing you go and you're probably going to leave and you're probably going to say i don't believe him he missed something uh cuz that was me i was just like they didn't do enough testing um here's the thing a doctor, if they genuinely feel something is wrong with you, is not going to let you leave their facility because their license is on the line. And the other thing is right. doctors get money for running more tests. They want to do that. So if if they feel they need to, they're going to. They're always going to. So if they're not doing that, they look at you and they say, this is something we see all the time. You are a straight diagnosis of an anxious anxiety person. I'm sure me walking in with my notes in my phone of questions to ask about my health at 18 years old was probably a sign to them that I have anxiety. I had, uh, is this pain in my leg a blood clot? I mean, I asked them like, guys, this, I can never go back to that doctor. Um, the questions I asked them, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I mean, the fact is you, when you have a health anxiety, there's actually two subtypes, which is what you just mentioned um, for illness anxiety disorder. And one is the subtype of going to the doctor all the time and literally needing the reassurance or completely avoiding it. And so, and so both of them are very common to people that struggle with, with health anxiety. So, um, you know, finding a healthy balance is obviously very important and that's what you work on with you know, a counselor if you need to. But I think what it comes down to really, and I'll say this because of in my like 15 years of being in this field over 15 years, gosh, don't, I'm aging myself, but um, (laughs) is when I see someone that, that really comes in and they're really, they're really just worried about their health or they, you know, they describe to me exactly what you're describing to me. And we go through all the work and we get through the underlying reasons of what's happening. It really is so connected to this fear of dying. For sure. And exactly what you said, 
I had that I had both types. So at the beginning, it was the avoiding. And then when I got a little taste of the reassurance you feel after you leave that doctor's Uh, office, Uh it became a uh, it was reassurance. Yeah, I was was using it as an unhealthy coping mechanism. Exactly. And I don't even want to tell y'all how much how like thousands of dollars. I spent in medical bills. Um, it's disgusting to think about. I reached my um, what is it? Your that thing you have to the reach deductible. with your ins- deductible. I reached my deductible within like the first month oh of my, my insurance. Yeah, yeah. My parents were done. <laughs> they were done with me. They were the sweetest people in the world, but they were done. So I just kind of touched on the symptoms I had, and I wanted to go through them. And then you can say some oh, of yeah. the ones you've had and diagnosed yeah. yourself with. Yeah. So mine. I've had heart palpitations, which were PVCs, PACs. I would have heart racing for no reason. Uh, I think I said a weird heartbeat looking in my neck. My lymph nodes were swollen almost every day, which I get messaged that all the time. Guys, stress is a – your body wants to fight stress. It sees it as like a invader, kind of like when you have an infection. So your lymph nodes swell because your body is in a fight. It's like, mm-hmm. what are we, what do we got to, what are we doing? Like, who are we fighting when really you're just fighting yourself? So swollen lymph nodes, like, yes, I diagnosed myself with lymphoma many times. Um, I had an off balance. Like it, I felt like the floor under me was moving. I had diagnosed myself with ALS, MS. Um, I had headaches every single day. I had brain zaps. I had just headaches that made my eyes feel blurry. I had... Uh, I would see spots in my vision. My vision was never clear. Um, thought I had a torn retina once. <laughs> I had, were, yeah. Were any of those anything serious? I, nothing is wrong with me. Guys, nothing. Just triple check. Just wanted to- Noth- I want, once I get done with this, I want you to know I do not have a single physical symptom. When I back then thought I would never see a day without a single physical symptom. I could literally look down and see my heart rate. I mean, not my heart rate, my heart beating out of my chest. Like that's how hard the beat was because I was, it's constant. So what? why this is happening guys is because you're constantly in a stress reaction in your body and cortisol, adrenaline, it is going as if you are on a run or literally running away from a bear. So yes, when you're sitting there, your body's going to look like it's on a jog. Um, I felt like my breathing was always off. My blood pressure was elevated. Uh, I would have ringing in my ears. My eyes would twitch, chest pain galore, um, weird pains in my neck. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing so much stomach. Ooh, GI, bad GI. I'm sure you can talk on that. Uh, that'll be my yes. Tell me. Yeah. I had to, thought I had diabetes at one point. Um, because oh I was gosh. peeing so much. Uh, I mean, guys, uh, any symptom that has been sent in on my page, I think I experienced them all. And I will say that's because I waited so long to do anything about my anxiety. I was doing nothing. I would wake up. This is how my days would go. I would wake up at my parents' house. Um, cause this was like, I remember I would come home every single weekend I could literally drive home from college every single weekend. And when I was at school, I wasn't doing good. I was failing. It was horrible anyways. But when I was home during the summer, every single day of this one summer, I remember I would wake up, wish it was still nighttime, 
wouldn't want to get out of bed. I would go, I would move to my parents' couch. TV would be on, but I would be on Google. I would Google all day long, panic, Google, panic, Google. That is how my day went. I am not joking. Oh my gosh. I can't tell you, Allison. You were Googling? Allison, are you joking? I was Dr. Google. I did do that a couple times. I haven't in a long time now. And I will say it is very empowering when you can actually like say to yourself, no, don't do that. Like, don't look it up because yeah. guarantee you, if you're listening to this, you have gone to Dr. Google at least once in your life when you've had like a scratch on your leg or something. Oh, yeah. I would find random bumps on my body. I would rub my body for like weird things. Like if I found some, like I remember there was like a knot in my knee and I was like, that's cancer. And I would dissect my moles. I would, I always thought I had a blood clot. I would wear compression socks every day. Uh, What? Like I'm 20. Um, I lived as if I was an uh, elderly person in an elderly home, honestly. Oh my God. And I vividly remember going to this one cardiologist, guys, and it was me in this waiting room with like four other, uh, maybe people in their 80s and 90s. Yes. Oh my god! And I remember, oh I remember asking, <laughs> I remember asking one of the Ooh. and guys. This is only funny because thinking back on it, it's just crazy how real anxiety is. Oh, totally. And I remember there was this like bodybuilder nurse lady with one of my cardiologists, and this was the cardiologist that literally wrote on a note, "Your Taylor's heart is fine." If you follow me on Instagram, I posted that photo once, and a lot of you got a kick out of it because he literally was like, "I don't know what else I can do." to convince you you're fine. He was like, I, I really don't know what you want me to do besides admit you. And I was like, well, I mean, I, I would be admitted. And my mom was like, absolutely not. She was like, come on. But um, oh my gosh. The, the, the nurse was so done with me at this place. She was like, I literally work out three times a day. I do like 25,000 steps a day. Like I felt like just a piece of poop after talking to her. Like she made me, she was like, she made me feel horrible. So if you've had a nurse like that, I feel for you. Like she just did not get it. Like she was just like, why are you here? It was horrible. I just, yeah. I mean, if you guys know that literally Taylor and I always talk about advocating for yourselves. Yes. Wherever you are, a hospital, a doctor's office, a nurse, wherever you are, you need to advocate for yourself because I can't with, there are people, there are doctors, there are nurses that just will, um, you know, the bedside manner really isn't there. And that's all professions. But, you know, that's why it's very important to advocate for yourself. But um, it's funny that you said that about the cancer because about a year ago, I saw this thing on my ear and it Mm -hmm. literally was like a dot. It wasn't there before. It looked like a freckle, but it was a big freckle. I go to the dermatologist like every six months to a year because I have wow, freckles. good for you. I fr- no, but I have moles and freckles all over my body. Like yeah. I, I actually have to. And since I um, since I live alone, you know, I can't I can't really see the moles on my back as well as I would right. like someone lived with me. I'd be like sometimes I ask my mom to, like check out my back, but because the thing with moles is you really want to make sure you you can see the color and like the change and stuff. So of course with me that's a huge. Uh, red flag on my body if I see any little change. And so I was convinced I had like ear cancer. I had this thing on my ear. My appointment was coming up. I go, I have ear cancer. I know it. And that is when the last time that that I was just talking about Google. That is the last time I I use Google. And all of what I read was terrible. 
And I, that's why it convinced me because I put like this thing on my ear in Google and it basically told me I had cancer. And I was like, okay, awesome. Then four days later after not sleeping for like a week and not knowing and talking to my sister and like preparing that I was going to do this, like crying at night and being like, what am I going to do? They basically burned it off when I was there and it wasn't anything. They burned it off and now it's still gone. (laughs) She's like, oh, that's just a blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, are you sure? Should have their biopsy or something? She's like, no, that's just just like a thing that happens. I'm like, oh, okay. That's another, that's another, that brings up another funny thing revolving ears. Guys, I went and got like ENT um, hearing checks. So every year, or I think every six months, I was going to see if my hearing was still the same capacity. And this is another thing that elderly people do. Um, so you know those oh. little room boxes you go in? Uh-huh. I, I thought that I had like earwax stuck severely deep in my ear. I was trying to find out everything as to why I was off balance. I was off balance because I had anxiety. <laughs> but I was literally going doctor to doctor. And I remember this doctor being like, There is no jammed earwax in there, and there is your hearing's fine. And I was just like, on to the next. <laughs> Did any doctor at any point or anyone at any point say, here, I have someone for you that you can see that helps with something called anxiety. And this is Uh, how, when did that happen? Or how did you figure out how to get help? Well, the the thing with health anxiety is I don't think you believe that it's anxiety. I think when people say that to you, when doctors would say that to me, I would brush them off as like, they didn't want to deal with me or they weren't taking me seriously. Or like, I remember I would get so frustrated. My dad would pull doctors aside and be like, she has anxiety. And I would be like, you just ruined my whole plan today. Oh. Like I would I, – because I was like, they're not going to take me seriously now. Like I remember thinking that. Like my dad would ruin it Okay, but by the, like telling them. Okay, but there was this word anxiety that you were hearing. But like when did you actually know like what that – like who was someone – did someone – did you read it or how did that come up that you're like, okay, I think it I was so weird, Allison. It. Like I didn't want to learn about it because I didn't believe it. I didn't believe that anxiety could feel as scary as I felt. And I know so many people uh, listening to this, even following my page, even after poll day, they still don't believe it. Do you know what I mean? I have this one person who follows me. I love her. She's awesome. But she messages me every week about swollen lymph nodes. She still doesn't believe it's her anxiety. She's been to every doctor. And I get that. Like I get how – I know it sounds crazy to someone who doesn't – who's never been through it. But like if you have been through it, it's so hard to be like – yeah, this because because I feel like anxiety, the word has been dumped down by so many people. Like, you know, you're watching the Kardashians and Khloe Kardashian is like, oh my gosh, I'm going to have a panic attack. And like, she's fine. And it's like, well, my panic attacks don't look like these ones in the movies. My panic attacks don't look like the kid blowing into the brown paper bag. Yeah. So how is this anxiety? I've never seen this. And that's kind of why I started my page is because I never saw anything even my school nurse uh, or school counselor at, in college, I went to her one time. It's like she didn't get it. Like she was like, I don't understand. Like you've had your head checked out. Why are you worried about it? And I'm like, well, and yeah. then I'd be like, so they don't even get my anxiety. So yeah. how is this anxiety? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. it didn't make sense. So the thing that's hard too with health anxiety is that um, they can do, you can run tests 
you can do a million things to go to the doctor and if people might, you go to the best neurosurgeon or I don't know if it's in your brain, but the best doctor in the world and that person could tell you that you're fine. But the fact is maybe you're fine that second, but you don't know what could happen. So like I said before, it's this fear of mortality. Like we are fear of, of, yeah, of mortality, of like, not knowing what's going to happen to our bodies, not knowing what is happening to our bodies. Like, yeah, not out of knowing. control. It's the not knowing. And it's, it's like trying to feel, trying to find some acceptance in like our, our self, some acceptance in our own self or our own bodies, or just like being able to say, like, I don't, maybe it's being able to say, like, I don't have control over what happens to me. And not being able to. Sometimes you do, right? Like as a dietitian, you can have a lifestyle that's healthy, right? You can eat the right foods. You can work out. You can do all of the right things that, that, you know, dietitians and doctors say that you should do to have a long life. Yeah. But there's also times that sometimes things happen to people that are out of their control. And so that is, I think that is so scary for a lot of people that struggle with these types of uh, this type of anxiety, because essentially un- anxiety is all about uncertainty, about the fear of uncertainty and the fear of the unknown. And so it's really hard, which is why it, the buzzword again, everyone talks about mindfulness, why it is so important to try and practice some mindfulness-based tools and techniques every day so your brain can – you can actually train your brain to stay still and be in the moment of the present moment, like on this earth, right this second at 8.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time in Philadelphia, I am safe in my chair. I'm safe in my chair. I don't know what's going to happen in 10 minutes. I might stand up and, you know, trip over my couch and stub my toe. That'll really hurt. But who knows? I have no idea. And I think that is a very scary feeling for a lot of people. Oh yeah. It's all about control because if I look at everything I fear or have feared, it's all been because I didn't have 100% control of it. I mean, I can be the most controlling fiance in the world. Like sometimes my fiance is just like, dude, you're not my mom. And I'm like, yes, I am. Like (laughs) I've got to control. It's like every like trips, they have itineraries, like everything I do. It's like, I need that control. And so I totally get that. Like, um, and I think the other thing with health anxiety is like so many diseases, the symptoms are exactly what you're feeling. Totally. And so it's like, how is it not this? You know, like you're just like, I remember getting to one point where I almost wanted a test to give me an answer. Oh, of course. Because I felt like that might oh justify my, wanted, my control. Oh my God, I wanted that for my GI so bad. I still don't have an answer I, for that. Um, I, wanted, I wanted like my thyroid to be off and that's sick. I was such a healthy person well, no, and I still am. An answer. I know, and, but I think that was the control in me. I mean, of course. Because I think I when mean, you have a number in your hands, I can't put my brain in my hands that's and control I, exactly. it. Exactly. And there's still uncertainty. When you have an answer, there's no more uncertainty. When you have an answer, then you can find a solution. I feel like I needed to go through that though. Because I don't know, and you know, I'm not pushing religion or anything on anyone and like, or spiritual or anything, but like, I feel like God was like, let go and let me. Like, 
let it go. Like you, I think he was like trying to teach me like your whole life you've tried to control everything. And like it, it, I needed to learn and I still need to learn that like I can't control everything and not everything's going to go as planned. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Like as scary as it is, I know of a story of a lady walking under in New York. She was walking under construction and the, the like something fell and she died. And I mean like it's like things like that. We have no we could be the healthiest person in the world and we don't know what our what our final days are going to be or when. And I think it's it's helped me to be like more present. Yeah. Well, as hard as it is, but I can I can actually like look at I can find myself in situations now and I'm like, I need to soak this up. But back then I couldn't say that. So so that's what I was just going to say because I was going to kind of lead into my tip for this week. Yeah. Um, was trying to find trying to find peace in every day or trying to find some joy every day in a way that is really – just like I don't know, I want to say peaceful again because I want, I want you guys to try and find something every day that brings you joy and that can really bring you also around people that love you and people that aren't toxic. And if you have people in your life right now that you feel like do not bring out the best in you or make you feel like just are so judgmental because of your anxiety or don't understand it boundaries boundaries because you deserve to be around people that love you love all parts of you and so if you can do something every single day be around someone that that is a safe person for you every day and you can find some type of joy in every part of your day that has to that is going to be so so healing if you feel also i want to say this if you really are listening to this and you feel like your anxiety related to your health is really debilitating. I mean, it's taking over your brain in every part of your life. At work, in your relationships, you're having trouble sleeping, and it's really affecting your daily functioning. I'm really going to encourage you to go seek some counseling. Cognitive behavioral therapy is what I specialize in. It's not for everybody. I'm not saying that's what you have to go do. It might not even be right, but research has shown that it's been very effective for anxiety disorders and treating them. So please give yourself permission to go get some support because you deserve it. And, you know, I know that we haven't talked about this a whole lot today. We talked about it a little bit on episode two, I think, but with the coronavirus and everything going on, I know your health anxiety can maybe be heightened right now with leaving the house again and thinking that there's a lot of symptoms that, that are very, um, consistent to what they say coronavirus is. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I thought I had it, and it, those thoughts can be very scary. I have a free course at the Anxiety Healing School called Healing Pandemic Anxiety. Gives you some great tools and tips on how you can help yourself through this tough time. So those are my healing tips for today's episode. I love that. That was so calming. Your voice was super calming. Oh, yeah, guys, check out her Check out her guide. I know she works really hard on that stuff. And 
check out her Instagram, uh, the at the anxiety healer, and my Instagram at health underscore anxiety, kind of our topic. <laughs> uh, and also, I talked about the planner last episode, and I dropped it <gasps> on the website. Yeah, I need to send you one. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, I can't. And wait. use your planner, or it's not even just a planner; it's a planner journal. Use it with Allison's courses. Oh my gosh, for sure. I saw, I saw. Because her courses are bomb. Can I just tell you? You've got a few. I do. I have a Healing Anxious Thoughts one. I'm coming out with a Triggers one. um, And I have a um, Anxiety Toolkit. But can I say on your stories this week, looking at the journal, like you were giving like sneak peek of the journal. Yeah. Looks so good. Like I can't wait. I know. It's just, it's something you can bring to therapy. No, it's amazing. It's like, it's not just a planner. It's like a planner journal, but yes. but guys, you gotta you can't just use a planner journal. Like you gotta get into these courses. You gotta get you yeah. gotta do something. Where do they go? You gotta to, start. And they buy the journal now. Yes, uh, so Where you can it? pre-order it oh, okay. at peakofpanic.com. You can get the digital right now, but if you want, I'm a paper person. Yeah, I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I have to yeah. write things down. Oh, totally. I like. I've tried the uh, digital pa- uh, planners, and some people love it, like on their iPad. I just I gotta write. Writing actually helps you kind of absorb yes. information better. And not only that, but it actually creates a more mindful state of being when you write yeah. because you have to do it slower. So I always suggest writing. So Oh, and I was going to say, if you listen to our podcast special discount uh, code planner for uh, I think it's 12 off and Allison is running – you have a sale right yes. now. Well, so um, – for the next like day or two, you can get 50% off my seven days of anxiety healing course that starts in two weeks or so. No, three weeks. Maybe maybe like extend it, extend it for a couple of days for the podcast. I think, I think I might actually. It's Let's the, do that. The code is fall 50. So. Did you hear me? Yes. I just said, let's do that. Like I'm like I'm involved with your school. You're involved in everything. <laughs> let's extend the code. Do it. <laughs> I'm extending it, y'all. <laughs> She's doing it. Go to the anxiety healing. (laughs) Just for these people, you know, fall our 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 fans fall fifty. All right, so theanxietyschool.com, peakapanic.com, support us. I know we both work really hard on all that we do. Um, women empowerment, right? I love it so much. And this was a little bit of a longer episode, so thanks for sticking. Right, I'm sorry, guys. guys. (laughs) Love y'all. So, signing off. Bye. Hi, healers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Anxiety Chicks with Taylor and I. As always, you can find us on Instagram. You can find me, Allison Sepinera, as the Anxiety Healer and Taylor as health underscore anxiety. And as always, you can check out the Anxiety Healing School. I just dropped a new course called When Panic Attacks, Triggers That Create Fear and How to Overcome Them all about overcoming your anxious triggers and finding more awareness on what contributes to your anxious thoughts and giving you all the tools on how to overcome them. Uh, It's a self-paced course, and if there's any struggle with finances, there's a payment plan available as well, so go to theanxietyhealingschool.com to check that out, and as always, go to peakofpanic.com to check out updates about Taylor's blog and her journal she's coming out with. Thanks, everyone. Happy healing. Seeking the truth never gets old. 
Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.